This is a personal and private recording by an ex-member of the U.S. Air Force. Codename, Darkwater. Case file one, designated Stonefall. Log five. I ran out of the town hall. I looked around, but still no one saw me. Whoever had played that film for me was gone, but they had wanted me to know. Wanted me to see what had been shown to the parents and their children. Had it really taken no more than that film to get people in this town to send their children to this experiment? Had they been that badly hurt by everything that had happened here? And who had even shown me that film? The person who had knocked on the door at the house to wake me up? I tried to make sense of everything. My head was spinning. The children and the mirrors and the sheriff. The town hall and those happy, smiling men in the photo so pleased with themselves. And that letter. Had someone I was related to been here in 1947? What had happened to them? I walked almost on automatic, finding my way eventually in the town square once again, and face to face with that strange statue. The woods sloped out beyond it. It breathed in the night air. I was scared. So scared. When the stones had fallen on the school building, the blame had somehow fallen on the children of this town. That's what that film had suggested. Had they been misbehaving up by the slope where the stones had fallen from? Or even just playing, messing around with each other? How would that even have caused a landslide like the one I had imagined? The sheriff, if I could believe him, had told me that rocks used to be piled up the slope of the woods and that a tremor had caused the rocks to fall and the school building to be crushed. A tremor implied a natural disaster. That was what had always thrown me off before, that there had been blame for a natural event. And how had that event caused the town's stargazing to change so drastically from devotion to a place where they were sickened by it and terrified by those who spoke of the lights in the sky? A thought struck me, then. If it had been children who had caused the stonefall, they weren't children now. They were adults, 40 years old, maybe older, but Johnny and Martha were still being conditioned. These meetings, this memory loss Martha had suffered, it was still all going on. Because one day, they would be adults. So what if the town wasn't scared of the children? They were scared of what the children would become. My hand reached down inside my pocket, and folded in amongst the letters was the photo. The photo of five men, smiling, their arms around each other. Did I recognize any of them? I was looking for faces that might be familiar, but if this photo was from the 30s, it could only really conceivably be Elias Brazel that I might see. Perhaps the sheriff's father, if there was enough of a family resemblance. One of the men had a badge sewn onto their jacket. The letters S-W-S. The same letters as in the journals. 
I had assumed that SWS was some kind of group of people who organized public events in the town, but beneath the letters on this badge, there was an image of a pair of binoculars surrounded by stars. They were looking for the lights in the sky then, these men, watching the skies. And then I had my theory. Possibly my first full theory of what had happened here. Say that before 1934, the SWS had been embraced by the town, the forefront of society, the organizers of events. But they weren't just a public events group. They were people who loved looking for those lights in the sky, just as the town did. If the sheriff was to be believed, the sightings were this town's identity, and these men could have been the forefront of that. But then the stonefall had happened. And what if these men, not the children, had somehow caused it? Because that would connect these two separate events that had been swirling around my head. The town's treatment of the children and the lights in the sky. What if the conditioning was merely a response to the stonefall, a side effect of the trauma? But if the actual fall had been caused by these men, these men who looked so proud of their lights in the sky, that would cause an entire town's devotion to sour. There were tons of events in those journals organized by the SWS. Events for the whole town. What if the town didn't want these men with their children anymore? What if they felt the men were a danger to them? The men were shunned and the town decided that the children must be made to believe the same. They must never turn out like these men did. They must never associate with these men or any outsiders. So they were conditioned to behave. And of course, the video said that children should only trust their families, their parents and their siblings. Whatever brainwashing the town were using, whatever process they had had success with using the mirrors, perhaps enough exposure to that at a young age would cause you to never want to let go of your brother's hand. But it was these men that connected everything. The SWS. There had to be such a hatred for them. Such a fear of what they believed in. Surely they had to be the ones who caused the stonefall? Because the only other possibility, as I saw it, was that the extraterrestrials themselves had caused the stonefall. In that moment, I hadn't believed that. That moment didn't last for long. As I stood in the town square, lost in my thoughts, a strange sensation pricked at my skin. I hadn't noticed it at first, but then it felt as if someone walked over my grave. My hair stood on end, and I looked ahead of me, and I could see lights coming out of the gloom of the night above the trees of the wood. I could see lights. Without even thinking, I ran towards them. I didn't let myself look away. My feet slipped on mud, tripped on the undergrowth. I gripped at trees to stop myself from falling. I couldn't let those lights leave my sight. I was driven by my determination, my curiosity to find some kind of answer about this place, about what had happened on the night Johnny and Martha went missing. I didn't know what awaited me. 
death or truth. I followed the lights to the river, and as I moved away from the trees and down the bank towards the water, I saw them fully. Three bright, shining white lights floating in the sky, hovering above the river. They were beautiful, most beautiful thing I had ever seen. I knew in that moment that this was no jet, no secret Soviet weapon. I was in the presence of something else, something unknowable. Tears streamed from my eyes. The sensation, a feeling of pressure crawled its way up my body, pushing in on my chest. I couldn't feel myself breathing. My mouth hung open and my throat was dry. My skin tingled with the most intense sensation of fear and the most wonderful sensation of awe. It felt as if my body couldn't cope, was screaming at me to run, and part of me wanted nothing more than to hide, to shout, to scream. But I couldn't look away. I didn't dare. Then, in one movement, the lights pivoted downwards. They shone straight down onto the river. The water turned bright white. The glare was hard to bear, and as if in response, the light seemed to dim a little. I watched what they wanted me to watch. I could see a figure. It looked as if they were standing in the water, above the water, like the water wasn't even there. The glare was so bright that features vanished. The figure was little more than a silhouette. A man, side on, slowly turning their head turning their head to look at me. I don't even know what my body was doing when it picked up the stone. I had knelt down, my head still fixed ahead, and felt for it in the dirt. It was smooth from the water. I straightened myself up and clutched my hand around it, pressing my fingers into its surface, desperate to feel something real something to anchor me. I remember blinking. It felt like the first time I had since I'd stepped into the woods. I became aware of my desperate urge to throw the stone at this man. My desperate need to. I knew I didn't want to look at it, and I was scared of it, and I didn't want to be scared. I didn't want to see it. I wanted it to go. It was like I was paring into something so dark and terrifying and secret. Something I had no right to know, hidden just beyond the reach of my knowledge, but there, always there, my whole life, hidden from my view because it must be. Because this feeling was one no human could ever want to comprehend. I don't know whether I actually threw the rock. I still don't know. I think I must have blinked again because suddenly the lights were gone, the figure was gone, and the rock wasn't in my hand anymore. I was breathing heavily, gasping. I couldn't support my own weight. I collapsed onto the bank, clutching onto the sand, 
the stones. I felt the cold wind against the tears that had dried on my cheeks. And in that moment, I... I felt the truth. I didn't know it. My nature makes me need to know things, to find definites and answers, but... I felt it. I feel the truth. That everything that everyone has ever said in this town, everything they've told me is true. Maybe they don't know it, but they feel it. And I do too. I have wondered since if I was chosen to see what I saw that night. If it was a privilege. If I was lucky. If I was damned. But in many ways I feel... blessed. Blessed to have seen what I have seen. Then, drifting towards me on the wind, I heard a childlike voice call my name. Stonefall was created and written by James Mortimer. It is read and co-developed by Rebecca Malewish. Music by Kevin McLeod at incompetechfilmmusic.io, licensed under Creative Commons. Please see the description for a full list of tracks used. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Stonefall Drama. Episodes released on the 1st and 15th of every month.